We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to Talk of Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. You can find me on Twitter, at Pat Moran Tweets. Thank you for locking in. Audio side, video side, uh, doesn't matter. Before I get into today's episode real quick, got some good news for people who listen to this podcast regularly. Um, Joe Yernan, who does Casual Friday with me, he has not been on in a good... Uh, since the end of February, um, sadly, his mom died. Many of you already know this. And Joe took off some much-needed time to kind of regroup a little bit. Anyway, um, Joe is going to be back on Friday. So Casual Friday's back. I am really excited about it. Sabres talk, Bills talk. We haven't done a starting five, like I said, in five or six weeks. That's going to be a lot of fun. So just want to let you guys know that I'm looking forward to having Joe back Casual Friday this week. As for today... Part three of our Buffalo Bills mock draft series. Again, part three of five. That means, as always, I got my man, Aaron Quinn, from Cover One with me. This has been a lot of fun. And I'll tell you, man, I mentioned YouTube here at the top. When I have you on, we do these shows. I get a lot more views. Must be you. I'm pretty, man. I'm like, it's my pretty face. Tell Joe <laughs> Buffalo. Tell your boy Buffalo wins. The people love me, man. Tell them. Dude. Ugh. He's on a Twitter sabbatical for Lent, and he says yeah. now he might stay off till September, which I'm pretty sure a lot of Buffalo Twitter would be happy with that. It's good for him. But I'm his own personal Twitter machine right now yeah. because he messages me on Facebook with all of his rants. So I, I, I get one-on-one all the all the Buffalo wins, all this yeah. pers- personal all rants. go man. directly to you. <laughs> good. Yeah, man. You're like, the, yeah. you're like a garbage disposal for the rest of us, taking, <laughs> taking it in. Before we jump into a little mock drafting here and, and some Bills talk before, because I do got a couple points that kind of tie in with this uh, draft that we're going to be doing today, which, by the way, the first two, if you've been following along, there was no trades today. The floor is open for trades, so all things are on the table. There might We're not going to do a trade just to do a trade, but if it works out, we certainly will do. Yeah. Uh, Maybe we'll trade. do a draft where we get crazy and force ourselves to do some trades, but yeah, yeah, take it as it comes today. A crazy one. By the way, nice day out, man. So we're taping this, what, late late Tuesday night? Beautiful day. You're grilling? I, I seen grilling. your tweet earlier. Grilling out, outside with my kids all day. The yard's finally dried up a little bit. Not as muddy. Uh, cooked my steaks to perfection, by the way, on the grill. And then uh, the, the wife and I took the kids for a nice walk 
here before I did the show. We did, did a little nice here sunset walk, man. It's I think spring's officially here. I've been holding off on my take of spring being officially here because every time I thought it was Western New York weather slapped me right in the face and 28 degree day. Out of nowhere, so. <laughs> yeah, but I think we're here, man. I think we're into the 50s and 60s. You got to you got to do stuff to break the monotony a little bit during draft season. It's kind of like, yeah. again, before we get into our mock, that's what I wanted to start off here asking you this. Do you start? All right. So. We're in April now. We're a good, what, three weeks and a couple days away from the actual NFL draft, which begins on April 28th. If for all you listening and watching out there, if you didn't already know, Aaron's actually going to be there at the draft along with Greg Thompson and Eric Turner from Cover One. That's really cool. But anyway, you get to this time of year, and we've done some mocks. I, I yep. know you do plenty of mocks on your own. Mm-hmm. You know, you discuss it on Cover One. Um, you're on Twitter enough that you see other people's mocks and those are discussed all the time. You go through all these scenarios in your head and you think you have something pinned down. Then another possibility pops up. But when you get to this point a couple of weeks before and you've done so many of these or you've spent so much time trying to learn about these prospects and just the, the draft process in general and these mocks and these players and stuff, do you start to get at least a little bit of uh, draft fatigue? Again, you're looking at this time of year. We've done this so much and you spend so much time and energy when the bottom line, and, and you know this, and I know this, and most people know this anyway, we don't know shit. We call yeah. this an exercise. We're taking educated and semi-informed guesses. The the teams, the organizations right now don't even necessarily have a plan of what they want to do exactly or what they're going to do, as opposed to, say, free agency where, you know, some moves are cut and dry. Like, you knew AJ Klein was gone because of right. contractual reasons. You knew Cole Beasley was going to be gone. Started a little too late, maybe a little bit of a surprise. And you didn't know players they're going to sign, but you knew what they were going to target to some extent, at least. Anyway, well, the draft is kind of like we don't know, and we spend so much time and effort thinking about it. Do you start to get a little bit drained, a little bit at least, some fatigue at this point? Yeah, for me, there's a little bit. So over the whatever eight nine years I've been doing Bills content and online in some way, form or another, I've learned to. So this year, I think. Greg and I really perfected for us making content. We really heavily focused on free agency right when the off season started. We, we took a look deep into the free agents, sort of that pro personnel scouting side of things where a lot of other people jumped straight to the draft, right? Started ripping in mocks and looking at prospects. And for me, that's too soon because then when, like you said, when you get to this point, you're just it's, you're burnt out on it. It's too much. There's too many takes. There's uh, analysis paralysis type of thing, and I've had that happen in the past. And so this year we really made it a point for both of us because Greg even said he spent so much time in so many mocks, and at the end of the day, all of them were wrong, and none of the, none of what he wanted and what came true right. and right, the right, boards right. didn't work out. And so we wanted to spend more time, and we actually I think did a pretty good job if you go back and watch our shows of the pro scouting stuff of pinpointing guys that the Bills would like. Like we're as a group, Cover One was pretty on the ball of the type of targets they were looking for. That guys salary that they gap were special. In. That, that salary cap special. Salary that cover cap one special, did. That was really yeah. good. It was pretty spot on in terms yeah. of who might stay, who might go. I think yeah, our, sure. uh, you know, a lot of our targets were guys that we know the Bills were talking to, or guys that they actually ended up bringing in. So that I think paid off, and it paid off in the way that. I'm not totally fatigued right now because Greg and I are only probably a month, three weeks into like our full draft content, really getting into mocks. And so I think if you, you push it off just a little bit, there's so much content out there that you can really get caught up pretty quickly too. the draft is its own machine. At this point, you have, you have 
the draft network, which is an entire network just dedicated to draft information. And there's a bunch of others. PFF does a ton of draft work. So there's easy ways to get caught up nowadays and cover one. You can come over. We have plenty of guys doing that while Greg and I are doing the other stuff. So I'm not totally fatigued yet, uh, but all the time I'm a little annoyed and fatigued by draft Twitter. I really am just the, I'll put out a mock and then you get this. Everybody's got, you know, there's no way this guy's falling there. There's no way that's happened. Why didn't you just trade up? Why didn't you just do this? This guy stinks. This guy's going to be great. And it's everyone lives in these absolutes of what they think they know. And I I thought it was actually a really good point for you to bring up our last mock of last year and look at those guys that we were sort of projecting to be the bills or projecting ideas on. And then, you know, uh, uh Nazaladine is a perfect example of Twitter was so hot on him. Everybody was so like, this guy's going to be great. He barely saw the field. Last. He's a special teams kind of role guy. He got on the field and the, the jets pulled him. They benched him for the rest of the season. So all these takes of these third, fourth, fifth rounders that people are like, Oh, just get this guy and cut that guy. Or this guy can come in and, and fit this piece for us because his highlights are fantastic. It rarely works out like that. We really don't know what we're talking about. So I think that's the fatigue that I have is all these absolute takes of people really think that their opinion is absolutely right about these draft prospects when really it's educated guesses, like you said before. Yeah. And and I'll tell you too, at, at this point, I think you can talk yourself into almost any position. I mean, obviously not quarterback, you know, stuff like that. That's not going to happen, but right. I don't care that they sign Bates. That doesn't mean sure. that they won't take a, cor- yeah. a guard. In the first, even in the first round, if the right, if the one they love, um, falls there, you totally. talked about running back. You know, it sounds at first it's like, well, Devin Singletary played so well at the end of last year. Why would they want to draft another running back? Well, for starters, because he might not be here in two years, right? You know, and, he, and another running back exactly. might be awesome, to add man. another element to it. Yeah. Sure. Um, I will say, even you've got uh, last week, I kind of pushed aside your idea of linebacker, and over the last week, I'm not. I don't, I'm not opposed to the idea. If it, we'll see how it falls tonight. It could be um, a thing. Um, li- listen, I'm telling you right now, and, and I sincerely mean this. I am not sleeping at linebacker, whether it's 57, whether it's a move up from 57, or even if it's 25, I'm not sleeping at linebacker because I firmly believe in my heart right now that the bills are going to draft with their first two picks. I think it's going to be about, the financial future, every bit as much as what player can we draft right now that's going to step on the field in September and make our football team better right now. Now, obviously, they want guys who could do that too. But again, I think the eye on the future is going to be huge. And going in the next year with Singletary, with Dawson Knox, with Ed Oliver, with Tremaine Edmonds, who, you know, he's in his option year now. Um, yeah. I'm forget. I know I'm forgetting someone else. Devin Singletary, Jordan Poyer. Poyer. There is yeah. they. This team cannot keep all these guys. And let's not even you know because we're gonna talk about him in a Segway second too. Yeah. Stefan Diggs, man. You know they're gonna yeah. have to get a deal. If it's not now, if it's not this summer, it's certainly gonna be after this season. Mm-hmm. So you can't do all this. Right. Like some of these guys, good players. Did you say Dawson Knox? Did I you? did say yep. Yeah, I yeah, said yeah. Dawson Knox yep. too. So. It's like some of these players you are going to have to say goodbye to. And I'm not saying the Bills won't pay Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano. It's not impossible. But if they do, it's going to come at the expense of other stuff for sure. Totally. And we, uh, you know, one of the things that changed my mind is we heard a rumor this last week that on on Twitter that the Bills may be aggressively trying to move up 
in the draft and that would require a trade of a player. They're talking about trading players and moving up in mm-hmm. the draft. And when we reached out to sort of look into that more, the without getting a total confirmation, it was it would basically be Tremaine Edmonds for Tremaine Edmonds replacement type of a trade. So um, that m- rumors aren't coming from one Bills drive that much. I do know, uh, but other teams, if there's conversations happening in the, around the league and Brandon Bean's going to have these conversations, he's going to put together the contingency plans for draft night so that if something happens in the particular way that he wants, he's prepared to make that move already. So it's not totally unbelievable that he's already having these conversations with teams that are up in the spots where he thinks maybe a Lloyd is going to be sitting if a Lloyd falls and Hey, you know, if you're interested, we'd like to move up and then maybe another team's interested in Tremaine and you make a three-way deal and get it all done with. It's a lot of moving parts, but it kind of puts in my mind that, you know, I thought Tremaine Edmonds as being a captain of this team, being a young guy that they picked with Josh Allen was going to be part of the plan moving forward. But maybe it is time to reset the clock on that uh, economic value of the middle linebacker position with all these big contracts coming up. You got to pick one of these guys, right? I agree with you. You're not going to be able to pay all of them. We'd like to keep them all, but you're not going to be able to pay all of them. And if you're not going to pay one of them, the one that makes the most sense, I think if you took a poll on Twitter, definitely the one that makes the most sense is to probably move on from Tremaine. Right. And they could trade them and that could happen. And they could take a, a rookie to try to plug in right away, or they could do kind of what they did last year where I think, Brandon Bean had the foresight a year ago that between Addison and and um, Jerry Hughes that he was going to be saying goodbye to one or both of them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they drafted two straight defensive ends at the top. Maybe it's sure. possible that, that again, if they're looking at the future as much as the present with these picks, even if they keep Tremaine for this year and say, look, we got a championship roster. I don't want to downgrade middle linebacker with a rookie right now. You know, we consider Tremaine Edmonds a good player. He's too important. Right. That doesn't mean that they won't draft his potential replacement you know it would stink yes but it it's it's a tough balance because i get what you're saying but it would also stink to lose him for nothing when you probably could get something for him well that i do agree with however and and you know what that's an excellent debate because you're right aaron it would suck to lose him for nothing but at the same token it It would also suck championship you have a championship caliber football team right now with a championship caliber defense last year's fiasco in kansas city aside number one ranked defense in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You want to lose your middle linebacker and you want to plug him in with a rookie. That's not to say a rookie can't come in and excel sure. with a good defense around him. I'm not saying that can happen, but it, it definitely makes for fascinating conversation. I just think it's a very real possibility. Obviously, corner is still the one, when you look at this roster right now as a whole, this corner is still the one position, I think now, where it's like, all right, there's a hole and there's not really any debating it. Now, they could use a wide receiver. They could use a running back. They could use a, maybe a tight end if you think Docs or O.J. Howard's only here for one year, too. So yep. lots of things are on the table, like, like we talk about all the time. But corner's the biggest hole right now. You know, you got Dane Jackson. You got a, a Trey White hopefully coming back healthy, and, and that's all you got. You know, but I, I'm not counting Tron Johnson because he's, he's your slot guy. Yeah, yeah, but, right. You know, this makes for a fascinating conversation because the Bills – if, you, if you're going to go to Vegas and bet right now and you had to bet your life on it, you probably would bet on them taking a corner because that's what they need the most. But what happens if if Booth and Sauce Gardner and Stingley and, and McDuffie and they're gone, now they're already down to their fifth or sixth corner. Maybe they don't love that corner at 25. And Bean doesn't want to have a poor value with that first round pick because then you do. And they also, and I'm certainly not the only team right now because you got guys like Joe Hayden and Stephon Gilmore 
who's been linked to the, I think it was the Bleacher Report. They had a rumor that the Bills Loose were one link, of the teams. Loose link, but yeah. Right. Um, Steven Nelson. So, I mean, there's guys out there right now that the Bills could say, all right, well, we're going into this draft looking for a corner, but we're not going to force this. And yeah. if we don't get what we want in this draft, we'll just go get one of these guys and plug them in for a year. Like maybe we get a guy in the third or fourth round who we already know is going to take one or two years. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. So yeah. it's going to be tough. This is the problem. So for obviously throughout the drought, it was so much easier with the draft because you were in that top 15 to 20 range of the first round. So you could really pin down sure. sort of how a board was going to fall. But picking a 25 man, especially when you're dealing with premium positions like wide receiver and cornerback, like one of those positions is going to go on a run and it's going to force other guys back to you. They both so, might. Yeah, they both might. But I, this is what sort of happened to the bills last year. We were all looking at corner corner and I said, you know, look at the few teams ahead of the bills. This could really run against the bills to get a top corner. And then you saw Cleveland take a corner right before the bills. You saw the green Bay Packers take a corner right before the bills. And then the bills, you know, you get to the bills pick and there's nothing really available. And I, there's a lot of scenarios and I'm not saying these mock drafts are right. And that no corner is going to fall down to the bills, but geez, man, most of these mocks that I'm running, it's not great situation at the cornerback position, in my opinion, based on what I perceive these guys to be to take the corner there. And so I, I get a lot of people again in my comments telling me we just, it doesn't matter who it is. I don't care if it's a second round grade, we've got to just take a quarterback cornerback round one, because it's our right. biggest need. And you got to fill that position no matter what you got to do it. And I'm just not there. Um, I think that there's, we were talking a little bit offline here. I think they have enough picks to move around in this draft. And we, you know, we're going to have some options with that, with the mock tonight where, you know, say the value's not there at 25, but, there's a Gordon that you have that early second round grade on and you have a deal where you can move up into the early second round and, and get rid of some of those later picks that are just kind of going to be surplus picks for you anyway, with the way this team stacked. And maybe you can move up early into the second round and get that guy that you're targeting that maybe he's not a first round value player, but he is a second round value player, but you just have to, you're going to have to get up from that 25th pick in the second round to go get him. So it's a tricky spot to be in at 25, I really think that for the Bills, because of those other potential needs and the future needs that they're going to have, you really got to pick best player available. And when I say just a you know warning, when I say best player available, I think some people think of it as teams have it ranked one through 30 in every single round or one through 32 in every single round and that they have first round values on 32 players or whatever it is. Usually it's like 15, 20 guys you have a first round value on. And so when you get to 25, your best player available might have a second round grade, right? But, and it's not going to be one player. Like when, when uh, every, after every draft GMs are sitting there saying, oh, that was our top rated guy on our board. Like, that's not true. It's a, it's a tier of guys. You probably have six, seven guys that you're willing to pick at this position. And then it comes down to, okay, so we, we like all these guys. We have five or six of them. So then what's our positional within this group what's our future need within this group what are the economics bruce nolan and, and joe marino have done a good job of talking about hey whoever gets picked here what is their positional contract value at this position going for like where are they going to be paid are they going to be the 60th highest paid edge or are they going to be the 20th highest paid running back like where are they slotted all those things go into effect and now you know to steal something from bruce it's a it's a polarity pie that goes in there but it's not this this ranking of oh, we're at pick 25 and the 25th best player is still on our board or the 26th player. We're going to take that guy because he's there. 
it's it's more of a tiered system. Let me uh, circle back to because while you were talking, I remembered something that I wanted to bring up with the linebackers too. We just spent time talking about it just now. The possibility of maybe they make tr uh, trade Jermaine Edmonds because they're not going to pay him long term. There is at least a possibility, and I'm not for it. I'm not saying I'm pro this. In fact, I would not like it. But maybe, just maybe, Matt Milano can end up being the outside guy out because there is a school of thought that while Milano is probably the better player than Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano of the two might be more easily replaceable. You know, and you're paying him big money. That, that's what, you know, that, that's a school of thought that I hear a lot. Yeah, of. Yeah. I'm not saying necessarily yeah. it's true. But I've heard it, yeah. I don't totally disagree with it either. And actually, I don't know. I'll get killed for this, but I don't know how much different Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds are in terms of impact that they make to the Buffalo Bills and mistakes that they make. I think they're both a lot closer of players. The problem is, is Tremaine was drafted in the first round. Matt Milano wasn't. And so the expectations of the players are different. So people love Matt Milano because the expectation of him was a little bit different where Tremaine was supposed to be the top linebacker in the league because of where he was drafted and his freak skills. But really, I think they're probably closer to each other than people want to admit. I think Matt Milano gets more splash plays, like, you sure. know, interception sacks, things like that, where I used to think Tremaine Edmonds is more steady. Tremaine does more things that he people, prevents plays from happening. That yes. People don't even see. Yeah. That doesn't yeah. even show up on the statue. Really yeah. good point. Uh, one more thing. Then we'll get into this draft. It's sort of related. Let's talk about our boy, uh, former <sighs> Buffalo Bills GM, Doug Whaley, making some news, especially on Bill's Twitter anyway. Uh, he was on Sirius Radio, and he was talking about uh, the possibility that Stefan Diggs could get traded before the Bills have to pay out the money that he's going to demand in his next contract, talking about the money that Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill had and, and stuff like that. So the possibility that Diggs could get traded. Now, when it comes to this draft, I still think the Bills – very much are in play for a wide receiver as early with as their first pick. We right. talked about this last week. In fact, we took a wide receiver last week mm -hmm. with our first pick in this draft because the way the board fell. Am I doing I think that tonight? we might tonight too. And and I, I think that's more about I think that's more about Jameson Crowder being here for yeah. one year than right. necessarily Stefan Diggs is going to be gone. Uh, my my personal take on it, Aaron, is this Josh Allen. All right, so you're going to give him are you trying to tell me that you're going to give Josh Allen, he's going to handpick the offensive coordinator. He's going to have all the, I, I would be willing to bet that he had plenty to do with Casey Keenum getting traded here, having the quarterback room, you know, picking that room out. And Barkley back. back. Bar yes, exactly. Getting Barkley back. All this input. We all know that not only is Ste Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen's best weapon. He's also probably his favorite player on his team. They're very close. They're tight. <laughs> you're not training Stefan Diggs, man. It's not going to happen now. If he comes and says, give me 30 million or I'm gone. I don't think, first of all, I don't think he'll do that. I'm just yeah. saying, I'm not saying never say never. Right. But I just, I don't see Stefan Diggs. I don't see a deal not getting done in part. If for no other, besides the fact that he's an awesome receiver, but again, because of what he means to Josh Allen. Yeah. On and off the field, maybe for that matter too. Yeah. But Doug Whaley is taking some blows on Bill, uh, and Bill's Twitter. I feel like, you know what? Usually I'd be like, you know, Bill's Twitter, you're being a little, you know, you're, you're being a little obnoxious. You're overreacting too much, but I don't know. Stay in his lane, I guess. I don't know if you should be saying shit like that. I, I, I kind of feel like the beating he's getting uh, on Twitter is deserved right now. Anyway, your yeah. thoughts on Stefan so and what's going I, on? I've got some thoughts on this and uh, cut me off if I start rambling. Just cut, cut me off if I go too far. Here. <laughs> so I want to start with Doug Whaley because... 
this is not the first time that he's been brought up and taken over my timeline with takes from Doug Whaley. And I would like for people to stop making Doug Whaley relevant. Okay. Because the only time he's relevant is when people bring him on to have conversations with him. And he talks about the bills. There's no reason we need to be hearing Doug Whaley's thoughts. So this is a guy that probably never deserved to be an NFL GM. He was given this role by being Buddy Nix's predecessor. Buddy Buddy Nix was not a great NFL GM. And then we went with Doug Whaley. It was not a good fit with him and Doug Marone. It wasn't a good fit with him and Rex Ryan. Whoever's fault it was, Doug Whaley was responsible for a pretty bad time in Buffalo Bills history in terms of the product on the field and what that cap situation was like when we got this new regime and people will say, well, you know, they had a bunch of stars. I had one guy tell me, well, they had a bunch of pro bowlers on that team. It's like, cool. At best, that was a mediocre team. No matter what they didn't get the quarterback, right? They failed there. They gave out massive contracts to guys with names and were getting pro bowls, but these guys weren't winning football games. The Mm -hmm. product wasn't good. And so then Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott come in and being as nice as possible, kind of like this cap situation is absolutely atrocious. Like we're going to have to rip this thing down to the studs, which is what everyone, but Jerry Hughes pretty much, you know, Shaq Lawson, they ripped that pretty much bandaid right off, ended up with 50 plus million dollars in dead cap space in 2018. All of that was Doug Whaley's fault. And so I don't want to hear about salary cap conversations from a guy like Doug Whaley, who absolutely left the franchise in shambles. He hasn't been back in the league. That's hard to do. If you were a, a former that GM, that's yeah, telling. The, he's gotten a couple interviews over the years, but what are we five years removed from him being in the NFL? And nobody has brought him back as an assistant GM, as a director of pro scouting. Nothing. Not You'd even have to lick. feel with the way the Bills. If he was getting credit for the Bills being built, even if he wasn't here, as the you know they've ascended, you would think somewhere along the lines he'd have another job by now. Absolutely, and you know I know he's tried to take credit for the Sean McDermott hiring. And even if he had that, uh, you would think that a team would sniff him out as, oh, hey, you left the Bills in a good spot. We would like to bring you in and try to get some of that success. He hasn't touched the NFL. He got into the XFL, which, I mean, I think anyone with any football background could probably get into the XFL at this point. But so I I think he's totally irrelevant. I don't think there's any reason we need to be hearing from the guy, to be honest. I, I have nothing personal against Doug Whaley. I thought he made some good moves. I don't totally hate the guy, but I'm kind of sick of hearing about him. And the only reason he's relevant is because we hear about him from these interviews and, and then it gets talked about. So it frustrates me that we even have to talk about it. Well, let's with, pretend someone else. Let's pretend someone yeah, with, with some that, credibility talked about. Yeah. And with that said, he's not totally wrong in what he said. I just don't think it has anything to do with this year. Stefan Diggs, in my opinion, again, like you said, never say never. Anything can happen in this league, but. We just talked about it with Tremaine Edmonds. The Bills are built to win a Super Bowl today. And Stephon Diggs is probably the second best player on this football team next to Josh Mm -hmm. Allen, who's probably the best player in the entire NFL and is a key cog of making Josh Allen one of the best players in the entire NFL. You're not moving on from this. This team's trying to get a Super Bowl right now. And so Stephon Diggs is here this year. He has two years left on his contract. Maybe next year you get to a point where Gabe Davis has ascended continues to ascend and you think okay this guy could be a number one wide receiver and we're gonna have to pay him 25 30 million dollars in a couple of years we're not gonna be able to do both these guys maybe we just drafted a receiver in the first round and we can feel comfortable having a number one and this other guy being number two and continuing to fill that room and now it's time to move on from digs because we're not gonna be able to afford everybody right so there's a scenario but we're a year away from that in my opinion this is a next march conversation 
about can you keep Stefan Diggs or do you have to move on? In my opinion, I agree with you that I, I'm still on board. Brandon Bean has stated openly Josh Allen's involved in the conversations and the decision making, especially on the offensive side of the ball. You nailed it, dude. I put out a post on Twitter and Instagram earlier of pictures of Josh hugging Diggs and slapping five with it. Like these guys, if Josh has a say, he's pounding the table. There's probably no player more so that he's pounding the table to keep than Stephon Diggs. And next year, Josh Allen is going to be able to have his contract reworked and restructured. And you're going to be able to, you know, there's going to be other ones that come out. Trey White still has his contract able to be restructured. You're going to have some extensions that come into play. There's going to be these coupons that we saw them use to get this Von Miller contract in this year. Plus, the salary cap is going to go up. As soon as we hear what this TV deal is, you know that cap's going to go up. So there's a way to fit him in. And if you're going to go ask Josh Allen to restructure his deal, he'll absolutely do it to make sure that you keep Stefan Diggs. And I think Stefan Diggs, even though he's getting older and people say, Oh, you can just, you know, look at the Bengals. They just drafted these young rookies and they're playing fantastic. Well, Stefan Diggs is no matter what these rookies that have come into the NFL, Diggs is still the most productive receiver over the last two years in the entire NFL. And I, I don't even think, know that it's that close. It's like him and Deandre Hopkins and Devonte Adams. They're, they're very much at the time. Cooper cup. Those guys are very much at the top. And then everyone else is also productive, but they are the elite level of production and i think that he can maintain that like the way his style of game is it's route running it's great uh, ability to catch he's a smart player like those things translate for him to go another three four years with good production so i'd be happy to extend him for another three to four year deal and know that i'm probably going to still get a productive player into his early 30s yeah and i'll tell you as we head into a break here before we get going with the draft i'll, I'll say this he's um he, he's first of all, it's much ado about nothing. It's not noise coming from him. You know, this is noise no. coming from this is fan speculation. This is yeah. media speculation. This is TV analyst speculation. This is people like Doug Whaley. This is speculation on their end. Um, we haven't heard anything directly from Stefan or from any of his people, you know, coming out that he's unhappy with his contract. I think he knows. No, I think it's people looking at the Bills cap situation. Sure. And projecting it. But I'll tell you what, man, every time we say teams can't do something because of the salary cap, they blow our minds and prove that it's not a myth, but that you can mold the salary gap in a lot of ways. So every time we say a team can't do something, they end up doing it. I'm not sure there's a player in the, in the NFL right now that has more input and say on what's going to go in, at least to the offensive side of the football than Josh Allen does. Yeah. Stefan's his boy. <laughs> yeah. He ain't going nowhere. Dude. I don't he, see it. You never say no. never, like you said, but... I, I'm with you. I don't see it. Well, are they going to add to the wide receiver room in our mock draft? We'll find out. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to jump right back in mock draft version three with the potential to sign with trades. Be right back, folks. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, I'm back with Aaron Quinn from Cover One. We're about to jump into our third mock. Before that, let's review last week's mock draft. And also, I want to say this too. Generally speaking, I say this all the time. I prefer people listen to this podcast, audio, you know, there's Spotify or Apple, whatever, because I'm kind of an audio snob and it just sounds a little bit better on the audio side than it does when it comes compressed through YouTube. But when I have Aaron on and we do these mock drafts, I actually think it's wiser to... uh jump on YouTube because you can sure. see things visually. You get to see my pen. Doing. You get to see Aaron's trademark pen. <laughs> and you're also going to get to see the draft network, uh, the model working because we do these yeah. live in real time. The computer, of course, simulates the other 31 teams. So you could watch that if you're doing this via YouTube. So if you are, like I said, if you're normally an audio person, I like that, but jump on if you can. Anyway, let's review uh, our second mock draft from last week. So in the first round, we took Chris Olebe, uh, the wide receiver from Ohio State, he just fell to us, man. I, I don't think you could pass that up. Um, mm-hmm. Roger McCreary, the corner, went in uh, round two. Then what we double-dipped Cam Taylor-Britt um, for a second straight time. We took him in the third round. Corner from we went Nebraska. punter way too early here. Yeah, man. we went punter in the fourth round. I did, is it really yeah. all that early, you think? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you can get away with the fifth, but I wouldn't wait any longer than the fifth. I've heard him potentially going in the third round, by the it's way. That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. Um, Cam Jurgens has become a favorite of ours. Uh, he's I love an him. interior offensive lineman. We took him in the fifth. Uh, he's fifth and Paul. sixth. I love these. Yeah, yeah we we double dipped just like uh, last year they did with tackles. This year we did it with guards and uh, corner ball. Uh, two double dips. Yeah, Wanye Thomas, a, a safety from Georgia Tech. We took with one of our two sevenths and uh, Deshaun Corbin, a running back from Florida State. We kind of struck again. You can't. You can't hit on everything. You can't get all the picks that you yeah. want. And we kind of. Although I looked into Corbin after the fact, uh, not bad. I wouldn't be upset with that. I would, I would add him into that running back room, especially now that Christian Wade got released. Like he could be a guy that kind of hangs out on the practice squad, I think. Um, and is Wanye Thomas, is he the sixth member or fifth member of uh, Boys to Men? Wanye Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I, was, I knew that would get a laugh out of you. As we're about to get into this draft, you know what else I was thinking too? We spent so much time talking about these Georgia guys. So you got the interior guys, Wyatt and, and uh, Davis. And then you got the linebackers, Kobe Dean 
And uh, Kawhi Walker, which, by the way, you're going to hear from him or you're going to hear from me about him during this mock. I guarantee that. How did anyone ever score on the Georgia defense this year? Holy shit, man. It's just retail. Oh, well, that's why they oh, were what they were. Oh, right? how about Walker, who might be the one of the top three picks of the draft, too? That's five guys on defense. You've got to be shitting me. How good this. Uh, yeah. This, and this- they got some talent on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, dude, I'm a Michigan fan. <laughs> and as soon as I saw in those the college football playoffs that Michigan would be playing Georgia, I knew it was a wrap before that oh. game even. Like, there's no chance that we were scoring on them. So, what an unbelievable! That's yeah. unbelievable how talented their defense is. All right, so we got the board up again. If you're watching this on YouTube or listening, whatever, we got the board up. We're about to start. One warning that will be different from the other. Again, whether you're, you're going to hear the phone ringing, watching, you're going to hear a bunch. Yeah, you're going to hear some phone sounds every time the computer, the draft network in this case, um. Comes up with a trade proposal. You're going to hear a ringing. And so we're just taking, we're not trying to create trades on our own. We're right. just taking proposals as they come in. We're taking proposals as they come in. Our yeah. our phone, we didn't, we only paid uh, half the bill. So we can't yeah. make any outgoing phone calls. We can only receive them this time. So, uh, cool. all right. So we got this set, seven rounds, normal Buffalo yeah. Bills. And uh, we're going to, here we go. We're off and running. Mock draft version three. And uh, what am I doing wrong here? Up in the corner, they oh, start the draft. Start yep. the draft. I got my used to having the yeah. one where you, the premium one, fancy one here at Draft Network, where you can actually uh, make the trades. And by the way, and, you're seeing I'll have to do more scrolling this time because I had to make the screen bigger because my sure. ass can't, my eyes are bad yeah, and yeah. I can't see the screen that well. Plus, um, I have to keep the screen darker because otherwise the light comes bad. It's in here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, real quick shout out to the Draft Network. I ran a poll last week because I I have seen. A bunch of other people doing uh, PFN, PFFs, mock simulator, a bunch of other simulators. So I ran a poll of, you know, what are your favorite mock simulators? And Draft Network was crazy. It was like 67% of people voted for the Draft Network over those other ones. So shout out. Yeah, to this is really cool. I, I, I've enjoyed it. We've done this. We did this last year with the Draft Network. Draft Network's awesome. Yep. All right. So here's how the scenario played out for people listening who aren't watching along. We went, again, we said we were going to entertain calls. We weren't going to make them this mock. So we got nobody through the first 24 picks called us. So now the bills are on the clock at 25. However, we do have an offer from uh, Kansas City. And the one thing that is wrong about Draft Network, just for people, again, who are watching and not listening, it has the year 2021, but it's actually 2022. Right. So and that's just a programming thing. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, not a big deal. So anyway, the Kansas City Chiefs want to... What do they want us? They want us to move down. So the Kansas City Chiefs want to. They uh, want 25. They're going to give us 29th. So we're staying in the first round plus two sevenths. Yeah. See, uh, this makes no sense to me. This makes exactly. And by the way, Aaron and I talked pre-show too. We're going to try to have some common sense. Like say if this would have been the other way around, you who in the hell wouldn't take this? Like if we wanted to move up four spots and only had to give up two sevenths, we're not going to do that because that's just not realistic. So. We're going to decline. Not, this. There's a bunch of reasons this doesn't make sense to me. Even I, I don't want two sevenths this year. That's not going to do anything for my roster unless I'm later moving it for later picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also don't want to give Kansas City. I don't want them to come up and get a player that they want. Screw those right. guys. Oh, hold on. We got <laughs> yeah. another trade offer, and this one was from Atlanta. They want us to move all the way down to what 40? They want to come up to 25. They want Buffalo to go all the way down to 43, and they're only offering a third. So we would have two second rounders and two third rounders. Right, but we scenario. would we would go down, what is that, uh, 18 spots. I don't 18 think 18 spots. Yeah, spots. that's not enough. Yeah, that's not enough. So we, if you're going to move down 18 spots, you'd have to throw in a number. You It would yeah. have to be like a second and a number one next year. You know what I mean? Sure. So I, I love the idea. If there's a scenario where they did what you said, I love the idea of 
giving up this first and walking out with two seconds and two thirds of this draft. And then maybe even packaging up some later to move back up in the fourth or something. I'd rather get in this top 100 players and take four or five top 100 players and get a guy here in the first. I I agree a hundred percent. And we also talked and we've talked occasionally throughout this whole process. When, when a team's as good as Buffalo is, some of these guys are going to have a hard time making the roster. So I think it's more likely that we would want less picks and moving up than we would packaging a bunch of fifth, sixth, and seventh rounders who probably aren't even going to make this team anyway, at least some of them. All right, so the Bills are going to make the pick because there's no more offers. Um, We're going through the board. I'm scrolling up here. No no names really. Well, positional-wise, Sauce Gardner. I don't spend any time thinking about Sauce Gardner. He's not going to be there at 25. You're going to have to move up to get him. By the way, as we go through this, Aaron, I did use the old chart, you know, the old draft value chart, just to figure if the Bills did want to move up. Like, let's say we said we're going to, we we could be aggressive. Can you scroll up. up a little to see who we would be moving up for while we're having this talk? Sure. It's like, say you wanted to get up to, from 25, go, go down a little mm-hmm. to say we want to get Devin Lloyd or Trent McDuffie, 21, yeah. 22. What, what are we looking at? Probably a third to move up that. Now, if you wanted, if you took the Bills first and second, which is 25 and 57, and you did the draft math, like the the chart, yeah. that would get them to about 15, 16. So if you wanted to go according to the chart, which again, it's not the Bible. Sure. Sometimes you give up more, sometimes you give up less. But if you're out there and you're watching, you're listening, and you're and you're and the Bills are at 25, you want them to get up to 15 because you really love a corner or receiver or whoever, you're going to be giving up your first and your second realistically to get yeah. them. So, uh, and so yeah. again, in this scenario, can you scroll down real quick? Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, see where these other corners went. So booth. So again, uh, so Todd McShay, McShay today had booth falling to 25. That's the first time I've seen that, uh, yeah. with Todd McShay getting that I don't, I, again, there's no absolutes. I hate to be the guy that says it, but I haven't seen a scenario right, where right, he, right. he's there. Um, and then maybe scroll down a little further here. Booth 118 other... to Philly. Yeah. 13. Stingley. Stingley uh, 13. Houston. Yeah. Okay. All right. And Sauce Gardner went nine. And now, I will 10, tell yeah. you now, if we were doing this step by step and you're the Bills, I got to tell you, because we spent some time talking about this at the start of the podcast here. If Devin Lloyd's sitting there at 21, I, I think I might make a move to try to get him. Or if he's top, there, at 20, you hate to see him go to the Patriots. That's for sure. Which, which he did. Yeah. He goes yeah. into Patriots. I mean, that is a guy who is, uh, you know, he could, he could, he's not necessarily the same player as Tremaine Edmonds, but he, he could be a hell of an inside yeah, he's got big linebacker. Line. He's a good blitz. linebacker. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and Trent McDuffie. So, by the way, all right. So, yep. four corners went. So, that's where we are with the picks yep. in front of us. And I don't love McDuffie. I wouldn't trade up for McDuffie. I'm not, so, real quick on McDuffie, I like the player. If we mm-hmm. didn't have Taron Johnson, I'd be more into this player because I, I think he's going to end up sliding inside at some point. I know people think that he could play on the outside. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. I've been wrong a ton on draft takes. Um, and I'm not a guy that believes in these absolutes on, on guys, but I've seen the numbers on cornerback success and arm length, and he would be an anomaly if he is a first round corner that ends up being a perennial pro bowl, all pro type corner with the short arms that he has, that would be an anomaly in, in, in the NFL. And maybe he can do it. Maybe he's the guy that's going to break through and do that, but it's not in his favor unfortunately, and uh, arm length matters at the cornerback position. For people who are hell-bent on corners, just for informational purposes, uh, Caroline Alame is uh, the top one available. Kyler Which, Gordon. Bill's Mafia seems to not like this guy. I don't hate him as much as right. Bill's Mafia does. McCrary's still there. Um, yep. Tyreek Wooden. So Kyler Gordon's corners. another guy I like. 
Yeah. Now, if you're looking at Wolin, Wolin was uh, Joe Marino just picked him at 25 in a mock. Did he really? This week. Yeah. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, that's worth noting. Um, all the running backs are there. The big three, mm-hmm. especially Walker, uh, Spiller, and Hall. One thing um, I will say about running backs, man, I know people don't value them. I think I think the draft network's value on these guys is way too low. I think one of these guys is going to go in the first round. I, I, I we so. keep seeing them sitting there in the second round. I think that's giving people false expectations. We've we've consistently picking at fifty seven. Have seen two, if not all three, of these running backs yeah. there at fifty seven. That's not going to happen. I agree with you one hundred percent. Uh, before we get to running back, real quick here, I'm not going to bother with tackles or uh, edge guys. Where Where is linebacker? So, N'Kobe Dean is a guy I think mm-hmm. don't, don't – I'm not, I'm not saying they're going to take him, but don't completely sleep on him. And then Kawhi Walker is a guy that I really like a lot. I'm going to like him a lot in the second round to the point where I might consider moving up again. I might decide I ain't paying Tremaine down this year. I want to get my middle linebacker ready. Maybe he can get some 4-3 reps now and eventually take over his spot. I just want to point that out. Muma Muma would be a guy like that for me, Chad Muma. Okay, now let's go to receiver. The guy we took last week is there again. Mm -hmm. I've seen him go higher in most drafts. Yeah, I don't think he'll be there in real real life. I don't think he's going to be. Right, and and then the other one is Traylon Burks, uh, the receiver from Arkansas. He's there too. I'm not high on him. I know a lot of people. I think so. People are connecting this idea that he's the next Debo. Right, because he's a big body guy who got a lot of screens. They got him the ball in a lot of interesting ways. But um, talking to Eric uh, Turner, there's a lot of sloppy route running. It's not there's a lot of work to be done. He's a big project. Sky Moore is a guy I like, but I don't know if I love him as a first round uh, prospect. So, it, really, if I'm looking here, one other thing I want to talk about here while you're here, Daxton Hill um, is a safety out of Michigan. He played a lot of reps as nickel corner mm-hmm. here this last year. And there's a lot of talk that he will transition to cornerback. He, I believe he stated, I've heard, uh, I haven't actually seen it, that he stated he didn't want to play corner at the NFL, but people are saying, you know, he could. I know Joe Marino did say that he signed off on the idea that he could become a corner. I haven't seen him play outside corner. So I don't know that I love picking a guy in the first round that he has all the traits. He's a good football player, but it's something I haven't seen. And I'm a, I'm a guy that believes in, just because we haven't seen a guy do something doesn't mean that he can't, mm-hmm. but that's a pretty big gamble for me with that 25th pick at a huge position to need to take a guy. That's such a project uh, that we haven't seen when I, I do think, you know, um, not to call anyone out, but uh, was it Thad Brown said he didn't like this cornerback class at all outside of the top guys. I couldn't disagree more. I love this cornerback class. And I think it's super deep. I think it's a great time for the bills to need a corner. So I'm happy to pass if Daxon Hill is the best, quote unquote corner available. I'm happy to not take that chance on that gamble and take a guy third, fourth round. Sure. Uh, and maybe even double. And down. you said, and again, ultimately this is our exercise. This is our mock and, and yeah. you're ultimately making a decision. You're not big on Elam, right? Even? No, I, I like him more than Bill's mafia. I actually do. Um, oh, you do. Okay. I do. Uh, he's, he's got the type of length. I like, he's got the athleticism. Now he's handsy. He's good. He gets his hands on guys uh, on his college tape. He's, He's gotten burnt a number of times, uh, but I think those are all things that you can teach out of a guy. He's got the traits that you want. And I think in the bills defense with the way that they've been able to coach up corners, I think that's a type of project that I'd be comfortable taking uh, a guy that's got the physical things that I want out of a cornerback too. 
he's not my favorite corner in the world. And I don't know that I would take him over Olave or, you know, whoever happens to be available at 25, but I wouldn't be mad if that was the pick for the bills at 25. At okay. all. I think a lot of people don't like him at all. I'm not there. All right. And it's also worth noting again, if you're a, a guy who thinks the bills should draft a guard, Kenyon green is still there. Tyler Lindenbaum's a, a highly touted center, but I, I just, I don't see. Yeah, I'm not in. On that, I think yeah. Mitch Morris. I don't think Mitch Morris is just here for one year. I think he could be here for for a while. So I don't. I don't really think the the Bills would go that route. All right. Well, you're up. Um. So you see the list of who's there. Olave. We took him last week. Um. Elam's probably he's the best corner on the board. The way this played out again. If you're if you're looking for one of the top corners, or if you were hoping that Lloyd would fall, obviously that did not happen. Receiver wise, Dotson went 22 to Green Bay, which. That might be a little bit of a surprise. Uh, Jameson Williams, who, who's going to fall more than he would have, obviously went for the ACL. He ended up right. going 18 to the Saints. Drake London went 15 to uh, Philly. And Garrett Wilson went 11th to uh, Poor Garrett Washington. Wilson, man. Terry McLaurin and Garrett Wilson. Just God, those are so – Carson Wentz sold him. Yeah. God, that's going to have to suck. But anyway, all right, so uh, decision time for general manager Aaron Quinn here in the first round. Yeah, this one's tough for me because I, I really – because it's an exercise, I hate to keep going back to the well, but I feel like we're going to do a lot of that tonight. Patty, yeah, I the do way too. These fall. I I'm higher on Alave, I think, than a lot of people are. Yeah. I I love him. I love him way more than Dotson. I don't think he's going to be here. If he's here at 25, I'm ecstatic. Uh, I, I think that he could be exactly what the Bills need. People don't love that I've been hearing, you know, he doesn't have the yards after catch. I think yards after catch, first of all, is not a individual player statistic. I think that it has to do with quarterback ball placement, how a player is used in the offense, what the defense is doing to limit that player. Like there's a lot of context that goes into yards after catch. So that's not something I'm worried about. Uh, the things that I'm worried about with Olave, I don't think he's a very physical guy, but you can scheme up some stuff to make sure that guys aren't getting it, their hands on him, right? In the slot, stuff like that. Play him off so he can't be pressed on coverage. Uh, so I think you can limit some of the physical nature of football, but I think that's where his biggest struggle coming into the NFL is going to be. He's not a really physical guy, but he can outrun a lot of dudes. And that, so I think that he's going to be a good fit. Um, I'd be happy to take a lobby right here. And I think that's what we're going to do just because again, I, I like Elam more than most. I don't like him more than a And I, I see both those things as needs. And I know hopefully this board will fall that we'll be able to still get a corner. And maybe there'll be a trade here in the early second round where we can come up and get a Gordon or a Woolen or somebody like that. All right. So we're going to take Chris Alave again for a second straight week. Um, I, I, I get this feeling Kenyon green is, is going to be in play if he's on the board at 25. I just, yeah, he will be, I don't love not him. great value though, man. It's, it's not, not great value. It doesn't feel like great value. So, all right. So we're rolling. Oh, Wollen's off the round. board there. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, I don't love green there, especially yeah. with, I'm really high on Jurgens and I'm there's really Spiller, high. On Spiller, there's McCrary. All right. So McCrary's we got a trade off. The board. We, the Chicago bears have come calling. All right. So yeah. what do they want to do? They want, they want us to move up, right? Yeah, they want us to move up to 48. Correct. And we would give up 57 and a fourth. Now, see, this feels like a realistic trade possibility here. Yeah. Now, you know what the one mistake we're making, which we can't do anything about now in hindsight, is uh, I wish I had this open in two windows so that I could kind of track who's on the board and who's well, not. We, you can write this just... down. we can write this down and re-offer the trade back to them if we could go look. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> well, no, I'm saying... Uh, I think you can offer a trade in there, but yeah, it's hard because we can't see 
Right. Who's been? Who's I been know gone? Roger McCreary's not there, and Wolin's not there. I don't know that there are other guys available that I'm interested in trading up for. If it's not, if I hit a, if I hit out, you want to hit out and see what happens if I hit the X out? Yeah. So what was this pick though? So we if we want to go back to it, so forty eight for fifty seven and one thirty. But if I I think you have to resume okay. the draft. So then pause it. Yeah, it's too late now. Oh. <laughs> All right. So now Kansas City's calling. They want us to move up five or seven spots to 50 and uh, only a six rounder. See, that's not going to happen. No. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that's going to happen. But just for the sake of discussion, I do want to go back to where we could have been. We'll look yeah, at yeah. what was yeah, out yeah. there. So we're going to get part of the this. exercise. We should accept this for everyone watching. I just, Aaron and I just don't feel this is realistic. You're so not going to give up. 50, 48 and 50 and see what would have been there. Right. So we'll decline that. Not hey, everyone's everyone trying to trade with us now. Now yeah. we got the Eagles on the horn. They want us to move up six spots, and uh, and they want our fourth. They want our fourth for for to, for fifty seven. So you scroll down. There's more. They want more. They want our so they were swapping seconds, fourths, and they're gonna and they want our fifth to do that. Eh, that's um. You know what? I mean, you're moving up four spots. You're losing in the fourth round. You're losing six. Which means less in the fourth round, and you're giving up a a fifth. I don't hate that. So it's fifty one and one twenty four. We'll go. I guess for the sake, we'll look at those you, when we get there. Because I don't know who's on this board. That's I wish right. Draft Network would fix this. I'm gonna talk to Joe. We're gonna get this. <laughs> so I should decline. Yeah. All right. I think I would have made that trade if it was real life. Well, it depends though. Who's there? You know, right, like, well, we're gonna your boy Walker's still there. So Arizona's Arizona wants to uh Arizona wants to move up two spots and they want to give us a seventh for uh our second and fifth. Yeah, yeah. that's not a good deal. Nah, that's not good. All right. Just let Dang us pick goddamn you NFL. This is the problem with draft never man. There's too many phone calls. Yeah, it is. Dallas wants to move up one spot and they're gonna give us a seventh. We don't the last thing no, we I don't want, want any more sevens. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they want us Baltimore next wants year's, next year. Yeah. We're not we're not gonna get in the next year. So let's just god damn it. Let's just get on the clock. All right, so let's go back up to where where could we so have it was forty eighth first. Forty eighth first. So McCreary Spiller are already gone. Yep. And uh Wallen, Nicobe Dean's Dean, gone, Wooden. Kenyon Green. Now I'm gonna tell you right now. Uh is... actually scroll back down because Kyler Gordon went in the first round just so he went 31 to the Cincinnati Bengals. Yep. And Daxon Hill, who you Elon went of. at 29. Yep. And Daxon Hill was the last pick of the first round who went to uh Detroit. Detroit. By the way, David Ojabavdu, who got hurt um early second round pick with Detroit. Slides I mean, in Bills. second. Imagine being a Detroit Lions fan and in your lifetime, you're picking in 32nd in the uh, first round, but it's not because your team won a Super Bowl. It's because you made it. <laughs> All right, so you know, this is going to be fun. Now, you know how in war rooms, I'm sure uh, Brandon Bean has guys in there with him who do not agree with him and we are going to yeah, pound right. the table, and then they're going to have their debates and their discussions. I'm sort of glad this played out now because we probably won't agree, and ultimately Aaron is the GM and he gets to pull the trigger, not me. I'm just the the annoying voice in his ear. Anyway, going over these picks. So those were the picks before uh, 48 when we could have possibly traded up. Isaiah Spiller and Roger McCreary went. McCreary would have been gone anyway. So uh, they were looking. It's like nothing special there. I would have moved up to 48 for a player who's on the board right now at 57. And I'm talking about the linebacker, 
Kwai Walker from Georgia. I like him a lot. And I go back to, you know, I'm pitching, I'm pitching to my GM right now on the air. I'm talking about the future as much as I am about the present. And I think this is a guy who could take over Tremaine Edmonds in 2023 and probably get some snaps, some AJ Klein snaps right now as a rookie. Um, I was gonna say, is he a is he a is he a middle linebacker? Todd McShay had him going in the early second round as an inside linebacker. And then I went on YouTube and I watched about 10 minutes worth of clips and he plays a lot on the inside. Does he? Now one of his uh his strengths is kind of blitzing. Yeah. And the Bills really don't blitz linebackers much. Right. He, he he does play inside linebacker. He's like six, three and a half. I think he'd be an excellent fit for the Bills at that position. Um, other positions. Here, yeah. yes. Let's keep going and let's look what's... at the big board first. Uh so yeah. Kenneth Walker to third, who Tom McShay had going to the Bills in the second round. He's there. I love Brees Hall. Brees Hall. I think he's a first round talent, to yeah, be honest. This, this is gonna be very tough to get to not uh, Chad Muma. You like him? I like him a lot. If you're looking for a Tremaine Edmonds replacement, I mean, he's got some work to do. Mm -hmm. Limited film. Eric was watching some film on him. Only got one game of him, but definitely a guy. Uh, John Mechie, Alabama receiver. I don't know if I love him. Well, we were receiver in the first, too. Right. Yeah. Um, Isaiah Likely just had a visit with the Bills or is scheduled to have a visit with the Mm -hmm. Bills, so they're definitely interested in him. I, I think with the guys on the board, that's unlikely. If you see what I did there, yeah. um, <laughs> in the second round for sure, it's tough. Yeah, uh, yeah. For me, right here, I can listen to Walker. But if we're talking about linebackers, I, I'd love to have that conversation about Muma uh, as well. And I, I believe he's more going to be inside linebacker caliber type player. And then the other two would be the running backs here, Walker and Walker Hall. and Hall. Um, I think we can get a line uh, a running back coming up but it might this is going to get to the territory where it's going to push a pick i love of cam taylor Britt in the third or maybe a guy in the fourth so um if we're looking to walk out of here with a running back that's going to contribute i think you take him now i was gonna that's that that's what i was gonna ask aaron so yeah sure we can go get a running back we maybe get williams in the fourth or something like that from notre dame but now are you talking a guy who might push uh duke johnson as opposed to if you take a hall or a walker they might push Devin Singletary right now. You right. know what I mean? That might be the right. difference between getting a guy now or getting a guy in a round or two later. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it could be. That could be the difference. And I, I've heard a lot of people say, I like Hall. And they're like, well, just take Pierre Strong in the fifth or sixth or whatever. And it's like, okay, but projecting those two players is there. Like, I, I don't hate Pierre Strong, but what I see out of Bryce Hall or Brees Hall will probably translate to the NFL more immediately where what we see out of Pierre Strong, small school dude, that might not take an immediate transition, which is fine. Like maybe you don't need that right away, but if you want an immediate impact, now would be that time. Second round's a great value on running backs. We've seen in in the second round over the last five years, some very good running backs coming off the board. Yeah, four-year rookie contract, sure. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Um, But for the sake, you know what? You made a fine enough argument for me. We could take your boy Walker here. Um, and, and just, I think for the listening audience know that we're happy with, uh, Quay Walker, Kenneth Walker, Hall, uh, Chad Muma, uh, all at this position. And again, just look at cornerback real quick while we're here, just to see who would have been available, uh, remaining Goodrich Taylor. Yeah. I don't love any of these guys. I, I love Cam Taylor Britt. Um, 
Martin Emerson is a guy that, you know, maybe we hold off and, and wait for him in this draft. Yeah, okay, we're fine. Yeah, let's take your boy Walker. All right, we'll take Walker. I won that battle. All right, man, that makes me feel good. All right, yeah, so I'm now easy gonna... to work with, man. I'm not a Sean McDermott. I'm not a jerk. I'm not going to tell you what to do. <laughs> we're going to get into the round. We're going to get some trade offers, I'm sure. I think we're going to get to the point now because we'll start flying through these where guys we've already pitched and we've talked about on the first two weeks. Walker if they're there, to the Giants, there's... yeah. There's no reason to not. There's no reason to not take guys that we've taken before because we like them already. Right. And we know that Seattle wants to uh, move up. Oh uh, no, they want us to move up. They want us to move up. They so want. What a, are they? They, they want a seventy-two and one hundred nine for our third, our fourth, and our fifth. I I I could be sold on this. Yeah, maybe. I mean, this is so tough without knowing what's there. I wish. I yeah, there was a way to like of, pause these. Not, we'll have to we'll have to figure that out for maybe for next week. Yeah. Um at but, least we know what the trades kind of are and that what is available to us to trade. Plus for fun, because again, this won't even be a discussion to me because we've taken them the first two mocks. If we can move up 17 spots and we lose our fifth, and we're gonna get our guy that you like a lot, Cam Taylor Britt. There's no reason to not take him. You know what I'm saying? Right. So let's accept this trade. You want to accept it? We'll lose our fifth. What do you think? I like that fifth. Okay. We don't, I don't have to. I, I that's, our camp. that's camp um, Jerkins territory. We could decline. Yeah. If I'm going to, if I'm going to package something, it's like, I don't know. It's hard not knowing what's on the board. And I mm. know because I've done so many of these, I know cam's going to be there. There's no need to move up and grab him If he's going to be there, maybe well, he won't be this time, but your scouting's done its work. All right. Let's decline. Then I just feel like we're going to get 20 more of these. Anyway, we are going to get a bunch more of these. I just, when I run through them, I close them out. So I never even realized how many. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, we're not doing futures. We're not getting rid no, of futures. No futures. Just... Futures are out. So that was Baltimore trying to give us futures. Uh, so they want, uh, the Vikings want us a to move sixth. up to the 77th. They want our third and a sixth. That could work. Yeah. Yeah. It feels semi realistic. Semi-realistic. I mean, I yeah, could no, that'd that. be a realistic movie. Let's review. do it just you... so we've so we've made a trade. So we moved up for someone in the third. Let's accept it. All right, the bills are on the clock now. Let's look at the top of the big board. Your boy's there, but now we took Walker. You already so took a linebacker. You you uh you took my advice and you lost because of that because you could have got your guy that you See? liked by moving up in the third. That's what you get for listening. You're fired. To me, you just man. got fired. You're you're uh, Isaiah that. likely to tight end who has visited. Yeah, he he's on the board, so we know the bills have interest in him. Calvin, Calvin Austin, Austin the third would be a guy that I think the Bills would like, but again, you've already used the receiver up. Right. Uh, is our boy gone, man? Let's look at corners first. Let's go right there. And uh, now he's there. Yeah, Cam Taylor Britt there. is there. It's going to be a reach. Um, It'd be tough to not to... take him. Unless I'm not like... taking him. Yeah, let's take him, man. Let's let, let's not overthink him. Yeah. We like him. Let's maybe we might I get him all him, five. Yeah. We might get him all five. All right, so now we're going into round four. I think the next time the Bills are scheduled to be up is one thirty. I shouldn't even take a sip of my coffee because I know that phone's about to start ringing. So to recap to this point, by the way, uh, Mooma just went off the board now. Yeah. He went to Carolina at pick 90. Um, Jeremy Rucker went to uh, the Bengals. That's a guy I like, uh, a tight end out of um, Ohio State. Let's see here. Wandale Robinson, a wide receiver out of Kentucky. He'd be another guy. I'd be happy to walk away. If you don't go wide receiver round one, James Cook's running back with Seattle. Jojo Doman is a linebacker out of Nebraska that I like a lot. Um, Eric turned me on to him and watching Cam Britt, Cam Taylor Britt, 
you see a lot of him as well. And I think that that could be a fun one. Zion McCollum uh, going early here, 123 in the fourth round. He's a super toolsy, tradesy cornerback that you'd love to walk away with. Um, so here we are. Alex Pierce went off the board right before us. He's another guy that I wouldn't mind adding to that wide receiver room. If we Karen Williams, already... a, 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 the running back for Notre Dame, who I was talking about, because we didn't go running back in the second round. He went to Denver a handful of yep. picks. So to recap where we've been so far. So we went Chris Olave, the receiver. Uh, we went Quay Walker, the linebacker, and Cam Taylor Britt, the corner. So that's how we went first three picks. Yep. Now we're up and we got uh a guy Kobe you Bryant's talked about, Kobe Bryant's guy. there. If you want to go a little double dip in there, yeah. actually, that that's corner. So let's look at overall here. Yeah, the punters there, which you've already made clear, you don't want a punter in the fourth round this time. Yeah, I like both these running backs. I like uh, Tyler Batty. I like uh, Damian Pierce. Both I think would be fine picks. Um, I'd probably lean towards Pierce in that pick. Let's keep scrolling here. Um, Zamir White's fine. I love Bellis Jones Jr. as a he's an older prospect. I think he's already older than Tremaine Edmonds, but he's a guy that I actually really like. We took a lot. him in our first mock. Yeah, I like him a lot. He's got the speed that I, I like, I, and I don't really care that much about the age. I love Kobe Bryant. Scroll back up actually for a second because there's another guy that I like a lot, and Eric's really high on as well. Scroll up just a scritch more here. Rashad White, uh, Arizona State running back. I think he actually fits exactly what the Bills are looking for at running back, and I would actually think we should take him right here because I, he's it. he's that model of, that speed pass catching back that you get the ball in his hands. I think he can make an impact right away. Let's do it. Rashad Wright running back is off the board. He is now a Buffalo bill. Duke Johnson, you're in trouble. Or do you know? Whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe I missed. Maybe Zach Moss. Maybe Zach Moss. Maybe yeah. you're in trouble, buddy. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Kobe Bryant's gone. Uh, he went last pick in the fourth round or yeah, last pick in the fourth round. So he's off the, the board, Damian Pierce, and running back we were looking at off the board at 149. This has been our Cam Jurgens territory, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yep. We've won him the first two times in the fifth. We're coming He's up on gone. the Bills pick. Jurgens is gone. Oh, you Colts. son of a bitch. Good for the Colts, man. They have a great offensive line. Of course, they, they would add right to that there, offensive yeah. line. All right. So the That's Bills right. are on the clock. So there yep. were, I think teams have realized that we don't want to deal with them. So they're stopping. You know, they're not, they're not ringing our yeah. phone here. Scroll right. up a little bit. That might be because we already got rid of a. Pick so your boy. Uh, how do you? I don't honestly. I, I, don't I think it's Matareza. It's Matareza. Matareza. I've yeah. been saying Arizia, Arazia. I have no whatever. Idea. I think he's about to Punter. be a Buffalo Bill though. I hear Punt God <laughs> is his nickname. I don't know if he is, man. I think this might be one of those deals where the Bills bring in some guy off the street that we don't know about. and They have a punter competition. And don't Bills fully might. address this. Might now, be a a, a, spot a dollar that doesn't bet with get addressed. you. I'm gonna bet you a buck that he's gone. What? Where are the Bills picking right now? One sixty eight. Yeah. I'll bet you he's gone in the real draft before this. Maybe significantly before this. Yeah. I'll bet you a I'll buck. I'll bet you a dollar. A buck before the 168th pick. Yep. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> uh, so your ass ain't taking him. I already talked you into one pick. You're not going to fall for it again. All yeah. Right. No, I'm honestly like, he probably won't be there in the next round uh, in this draft, but like, I'm not, if it's not in the, well, we got rid of our sixth, right? What about, uh, what, what's his name? Like, I can't pronounce his first name. Like it's Smith. Like, yeah. You talked, yeah. you talked about him, yeah, I'm into him earlier. Um, and we missed out on cam Jurgen. So this yep. could be some interior offensive line depth. You want to pull that trigger? Well, let's see what else. So All yeah, right. he's a, he's a guy probably right now that pops off the most of where I would go. Um, Pierre strong. Again, we already took a running back, but he would be a guy there. Uh, let's see. 
Damone Clark, maybe uh, probably not. We already took a uh, yeah, we linebacker, took a linebacker, but if we if we hadn't, that would be a guy like Thomas Booker quite a bit. But they're pretty stacked. Isaac Taylor Stewart is a guy that I've been doubling up with a little bit at cornerback. If we wanted to double dip there, uh, that would be a guy that I'd be comfortable double dipping. But I think for this, uh, let's take Smith, the interior offensive lineman. It's actually a sneakier need in my opinion, than fans are looking at like, I know I Bates is fine, but yeah, I don't know about the future. And, uh, our guys on the air raid hour brought up a great point. They took, um, Zion in a draft. I believe it was, and people were killing them. And they they went back and looked at how many different offensive linemen the bills played due to injury last year. So they're like, Oh, an offensive lineman is not going to make any immediate impact. And dude, if these guys go down, you need somebody to play. So it could be for the future and for this year, even though you think you have it solidified with Saffold and Bates, maybe not. Yeah, absolutely. I, I will go back to what we said in the first round. I wouldn't completely write off Zion Johnson or Kenya Green. I know you're not as high on Green as some other guys are. All right, now I think Draft Network is starting to fuck with us because the punter is still there at pick 185 in the sixth. Sure, take him. But but that's but, mine. But, that's but, mine. You, we got to. We got to take him, man. I can't. I got to win this battle. We're taking him. Okay. Reed Blankenship was there. We've talked about him a lot. Yeah, too, I like uh, Reed. So I, I can't remember if the Bills, quite honestly, at this point, I can't remember if we got one or two more picks up. I think we I might only have think one. We, did we get rid of our seventh? I, I, I can't remember. In that trade. Wanya Thomas off the board. That's my guy. Yeah. Um, again, he's only my guy because he, it's like a Syrian Neal pick who I love. Chris Paul. I just went off the board. Isaac Taylor Stewart went We've off the taken board. Him. Guys I like. We, we took Chris Paul last yep. week. I love Chris Paul. He's a big, mean dude. I like that a lot. Um, and I'm happy, again, to double up on that interior. I think the more pieces you can put around to protect Josh Allen, the better. Like You're going to miss on some of these picks. And so doubling up at, at offensive line, like I'm sick of missing at offensive line. So let's get that right. Uh, we do have one more pick here coming up at least. Yep, 231. So we did not get rid of that. Um, All right. So, yep, we're on the board. And, you know, I want to circle back to – I never really thought about it the way you said it until you said it with offensive guard for people watching and listening. Again, the Bills might try to stock up there because of what you said. Look at how many guys played last year. And I never really thought of it until you said it. Cody Ford got pressed into action. Props Mike out Fox to uh, Steve Mathis, Judge yeah. Mathis yep. of yep. Yep. Eric Howard. They're the ones that brought that up. Yep. Spencer Brown wasn't supposed to start. He became a starter because of injury. So. Correct. Uh, anyway, all right, so we're here with our – I think it's our last pick anyway, so. Should be, yep. Uh, all right, let's scroll down. Nothing's really – This is a long shot to make this roster anyway, sure. so this is just finding a guy that you like. For sure, yeah, keep scrolling, keep scrolling. Smoke Monday, that's my guy. Take Smoke Monday, safety. Plus, we we didn't take Juan A. Thomas. I love that name. It's an elite name. It is. Smoke Monday, smoke every day. Who cares? <laughs> uh, no. And I, actually, I think he's a good, he could be a good special teams player, to be honest. I joke around about the name, but that could be a guy that comes in special teams. I also think I like DeMar Hamlin a lot, and I don't hate Josh Thomas. And uh, But this, the safety position is a little bit of concern, so I'm not sure this guy would be an answer. But the more guys you can get in there in, in your system, maybe on the practice squad, mm-hmm. one, one of... Micah Hyde or Jordan Poyer may not be part of the team long term. Like you're, there's, there's going to be have decisions be made at that position at some point. Yeah. All right. Let's run through our our picks here. Our third mock, and I, I do have a, a point that is 
Gonna, it would be this would be entertaining. Let's just put it that way. All right. So for the second straight week, we took uh, Chris Olave, the, the wide receiver from Ohio State, with our first round pick. In the second round, we got Quay Walker, a linebacker from Georgia. More on him in a second. In our third round, for the third straight week, we took Cam Taylor Britt, corner from Nebraska. Um, in the fourth round, uh, we got Rashad White, the running back from Arizona State. That's on the advice of the guys over at Cover One because I frankly don't know much shit about him. Go watch him. And, you'll like him. <laughs> all right. Um, what do we have here? Fifth round. What is it? Lasidus Smith? Yeah, sure. Um, interior offensive lineman from Virginia Tech. Uh, round six, we took the punter Matareza from San Diego State. And then in seventh round, because he's got a cool name, Smoke Monday, uh, the safety from Auburn. Let me say this. Let's pretend this draft went down this way. Come Saturday, because it would be a sec a day two pick or Friday, Friday night in the Saturday and all weekend. Fuel the Tremaine Edmonds is gone talk. Yeah. Because if we take Quay Walker in round two, you could rest assured everybody on Twitter, especially, is going to say Tremaine Edmonds is getting traded. Which right. maybe that does happen. You know what I'm saying? This this is a this move is definitely a precursor precursor to, to something happening with Tremaine Edmonds. I think if this draft went down the way we projected it just now, I think there'd be a lot of people out there saying, well, Tremaine's gone right now, not even next year. He's gone now. Yeah. I think this would be a move just again, like Rizzo or to a bigger extent, Boogie Basham this past year and maybe Spencer Brown, where I think it's more about uh, paying for the future. Like they maybe sure. they knew they weren't going to pay Daryl Williams $10 million, whether he played tackle or guard, and they figured in year two, Spencer Brown would be ready to start. I personally think that's why they would draft Quay, Quay Walker for the reasons that we talked about. I don't think you want to throw a championship caliber. You don't want to get rid of your middle linebacker without someone. Right. Improving. But do you agree? You think this would fuel oh, the talk Twitter? Would be, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it would totally take over. What do you think, man, as we get out of here? I like this draft. You know what? I'm starting to feel like uh, on uh... – draft day the movie where for me it's cam taylor Britt. no matter what i'm writing a little sticky note and i'm taking him in every single draft no matter what that's my guy so hopefully he pans out he's starting to feel like this year's uh terry mclaurin was that guy for me a few years back i don't know that i don't think he's going to be as good as terry mclaurin at all but uh that guy that i just can't help myself from taking every single time i was really hoping that between taylor Britt and uh cam jurgens that we would have two guys and we would take it. We'll get him again. We'll get we'll him. Get, we'll, we'll get him again. We still got two more cracks at this, by the way. Next two Wednesdays we'll be back. Um, I, know, I can't believe I was just saying that to my we were out on that walk time with my wife, and I said, Gosh, I can't believe we're already into our third. This is going fast uh, of this series. Yeah. It's fun though, man. Thanks as always for doing this, man. I appreciate you. You know that. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on, man. All right, guys. I will be back. Casual Friday. My man Joe Yernan returns. Talk to you Friday. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.